the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Well, Rachel, we are headed back to Vegas. You're in Vegas right now. Um, I your- am here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, after uh, on Sunday, we will be heading to uh, we will be heading to Vegas as well. We have a whole like contingent of hockey news people that are seemingly heading to Vegas for Game Five, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it has been a, a wild and wacky um, Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so I was flying um, while the game was going on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically flying for the the duration of the game or no, I was sitting on the tarmac for the first period. So I was like tracking um, sort of what happened. And um, you didn't have a bad travel story to Vegas, but uh, I did. (laughs) Now here's the thing. This is where, this is where our friendship comes into play here, Rachel. This is where our friendship comes into play because I am as as you will describe your 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 plight to get to Vegas, and I'm very mm-hmm. very sympathetic to you, um, obviously. But the thing is, is that you were flying business class, and as someone <laughs> and as someone who has been flying connecting flights across the country in coach for the last week, I am obviously sympathetic to you on a human level, but I don't really have a lot of sympathy in you know beyond that. If you that's will. fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's crazy is, so I didn't realize when I booked it that I booked on Rouge as opposed to just like Air Canada proper. And the thing I've learned about Rouge is like if you pay and I had a bunch of like aeroplane points because of like <laughs> just accumulating points. So I just like used it to upgrade. Like I bought a regular ticket and then like upgraded not realizing it was rouge the business class rouge seats mm-hmm. are basically the air canada regular seats on the newer jets and you it's have, like how many how many seatmates do you have though in a row four like you like you it's like two per row right yeah but the plane it's like one of those have you ever flown porter yes okay so it's one of those planes where it's like really thin I didn't know that a plane like that could make it to Las Vegas from Toronto. Yeah, it's it, it was weird. Um, so yeah, like I, I ended up we ended up being delayed because so they we board the plane first of all like the in like the incoming plane was late. I'm like that's fine, like whatever it happens. We board the plane and they like tell everyone like turn their phones off and then they're like actually just kidding. Um, the water on the plane doesn't work. So right now no toilets and no tap water and no food. And we're like, this is a five hour flight. That's not acceptable. Um, so then we sat there for an hour while they like found a maintenance crew to rightfully fix the running water on the plane. Um, and all I hear is like this commotion in the back. And it's this, like, lady yelling. So I, like, turn back because, like, the curtains are still open. And 
she's throwing backpacks at people because there's not enough room in overhead storage. Mm-hmm. And so they, they make the announcements like every single time. They're like, put your backpack under your seat. Yes. And she's like, why are there six backpacks in this overhead bin? And like people are putting their suitcases below their seat. I'm like, that's not how it works. So she's like ripping backpacks out and like, whose is this? And like, Is this a flight attendant? Them. No, this is like a like a person, like a, a customer. Holy smoke. <laughs> she's just heaving backpacks at people. I'm like, oh my God. Then we're sitting there and like, this is, so United just announced, like I want to say like two weeks ago, that on their flights, they're doing Bluetooth headphones for people who have like AirPods or Beats by Studio or Bose or whatever. On this plane, not only were there not Bluetooth, there were no outlets to charge your phone and no entertainment systems whatsoever. You didn't, they didn't even have like uh, in-flight like entertainment magazine that you could flip through. Like not even that. So I was like, what is going on? This is a five hour flight. And then they only had half the booze they said they had. So that was interesting. I didn't drink on the flight because like with my heart, I don't do that. But people were so upset. And then so I just get like a Coke and the lady like puts it down, but she like filled it up a lot. And we go over turbulence and it spilled all over my white sweater and my light pink pants. So I don't have any pants and I have to go buy sweatpants now. So that's going to be fun. And then, so Buddy was kicking my seat the whole time. And I- you said was kicking your seat? A Buddy, like just dude. Oh, I thought it said in the prep that it was a baby. And I'm like, no. Oh, Oh, if it was a baby, I would not have like cared because I understand like it's a child. No, but if it's a baby, I would have roundhouse kicked that little kid in the head. (laughs) So like- I'm sitting in the last row of business class. So the row behind me is like the premium economy seats where like you have extra leg room to begin with, right? Like you get an extra like four or five inches or whatever, right? This guy is jamming his feet into the back of my seat to the point where I got like shoved forward multiple times. And I was like, okay, like, what are we doing here? Like, what is going on? But I I wasn't going to be the person that like, went around the curtain and was like could you knock it off like yeah don't do that even though like i don't believe you should recline your seat and i don't believe you should be yeah. kicking other people's seats like that's a no-no to me so then i'm like all right whatever it is what it is we land and you know how like they're like please stay seated until we're parked at the gate we land we are on the active runway and a lady in the back we just hear an announcement Federal regulations require you to remain seated until the airline or the the airplane has parked at the gate and the seatbelt sign has been turned off. Some lady was like, while we were on the runway, up trying to like open the overhead storage bin. So they actually stopped the plane. Like they stopped taxiing until this lady sat down and people were like screaming at her. And I'm like, that should get you on the no fly list. Like you're on the no fly list if you do that. So it was just like, it was a disaster, but my luggage made it. So... In the end, I'm going to take that as a win because my luggage made it. Yeah. I mean, look, again, <laughs> very sympathetic for you on a human level, but you you are one of the business class bourgeoisie. Um, <laughs> and so, therefore, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about eating, eating the, the rich, if you will. Eating so. the people using points. You know what we'll do, Mike? When we fly home to Toronto together, probably after game five, maybe I'll use my points and upgrade you. 
and then I can look down upon all the all, all the, the peasantry, all the, peasants, all the lesser people around me. <laughs> no, but it was the, the first thing I'm doing though, because I realized I'm like I booked a rouge flight home. Guess who called Air Canada this yeah. morning and absolutely changed that? Good. Yeah, it's um like it, like you know I'm in Florida right now, and it was it was a pretty uh, like low key. Like the the only thing that was annoying was there was definitely there was a, a bit of like a delay on our connecting flights. We went from Vegas to Dallas, and then they like the thing that like it's it's always something with Air Canada. We flew Delta down. Um, Delta's fantastic. Delta, nothing but just lovely, a lovely flight experience. Like it was great. Yeah. You know, Delta's I probably the best North American airline. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. You know, like I just like it was. It was great. You know, just uh. uh they had great entertainment options. They had great, you know, uh, like the only thing that American Airlines has better than Delta is that when they when they're giving you your your drink, they give you the whole can of pop instead of just mm-hmm. filling up a glass of it. That's the only thing that American Airlines has over over Delta. But like, like the second we get to on a, we second we switch to American Airlines, right? Like we're we're heading like you know, which is our our flight from. Uh, uh, Vegas to Dallas, which is where we need to get a connecting flight. Like right. That, was, that okay. was fine. It wasn't very long. And it was fine. It was like two hours, whatever. But then then we get to the Dallas airport, which or, which is huge, by the way. Like, it's oh. massive. Yeah. Like, Dallas-Fort Worth and Houston, yeah, which is Worth. Bush, is – they're not as bad as O'Hare, but they're no, in the same. No, I will never go to – I will, like, literally never go to O'Hare again. There are was, two airports – three airports in the U.S. I will never step foot in again. O'Hare – John F. Kennedy in New York and Bush in Houston. Absolutely not. It's never happening. <laughs> I will literally never go to O'Hare again. We like it's been well documented last year that we had the like with with all the travel problems that yeah. we had, and we had a layover in Chicago that was supposed to be, I believe, two hours max, and it ended up being twelve. Like it was, and they would they would announce Oof. they would announce it that it would get pushed back like ten minutes before we start to be boarding twelve times. I was going to like I was going to rip another human's larynx out of their neck. <laughs> crazy but like it was yeah and so the only thing is that like american airlines like they they do this thing where they just expect they're like oh chaos all right everyone's gotta adapt like we're waiting there we're waiting to board this flight forever it's already delayed 40 minutes and then like literally a minute before they start the boarding i look at my phone because i'm just checking my phone as i'm bored and it's and it says in my apple wallet like like gate has been changed like to C10 from like C29 and the Dallas airport is huge. So that's a long <laughs> walk. That is so a just, whole 10 minute walk. So I just start like, like I just nudge Ryan Kennedy who I'm, I'm traveling with and I'm like, yo, we got to go. And then as we're walking, people start realizing, and it's just like a, it's like the Lion King. Like it's like a stampede. <laughs> and, stampede in the gorge. <laughs> exactly. And then we, and then, and then even then we still have to wait another like 40 minutes. Like it's just it, everything American airlines does just never, it never goes right, but we're here um and the lion the lion king or or air canada and american airlines is the travel version of the lion king yeah it's just the wild (laughs) west like you know craziness but um the funniest thing is like the the weirdest travel thing that i had the weirdest travel story that i had this time was i went to the rink on wednesday like for all the availabilities and the rink like i'm at the media hotel which is the courtyard marriott fort lauderdale and getting from from here to uh, like to Sunrise, like where like the Florida Live Arena is like literally like a half an hour drive. And so they have a shuttle bus, which is which is fine. 
Yeah. Um, but like, whereas in Vegas, we're at the Park MGM, and I literally, it's like two feet. Is that the Media Hotel? The Park MGM? Yeah. No, it's. I think the Aria is the the Media Hotel. I was gonna say yeah, because I think. But the Park MGM was like it's literally like right next to the rink. Like I could, like I said, I told you in the last pod, like if I forgot like my laptop mid scrum, I could run back up front room, get it, and run back into the scrum with before it ends. Whereas this is a half an hour drive, and so I'm at the rink all day long you know, pound out like a couple columns, like get all this audio I'm working. I'm exhausted. He- head back onto the shuttle bus. It starts monsooning. Like it, it's like a, it's like apparently it's hurricane season. I was like, Oh, we might be right in the middle of one. This is crazy. Nice. And then the shuttle bus gets lost twice. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Like, so the man going... in charge of navigating can't yeah. navigate. And I start realizing, I'm like, why are we going down like random neighborhood streets? Like this doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Like we're like this. I, I've never seen this before. And we have to do like two different U-turns in a massive shuttle bus while it's like monsooning outside. It took the what should have been like a half an hour drive took like or, like an hour and fifteen minutes. So it was wild. But other than that, it's been smooth. It's been great. Like. I, I, the one thing that I always don't like, that's always culture shock when I get home from one of these, whoa, is that I is realize that Mike drops his microphone on the floor. Yeah. And it's, but it's, 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 it's that I realize I'm always, I, it, it's, it's when I realize that I'm going to have to make my own meals and not eat everything off of a buffet. And, like, and drop plates on the floor. Yeah. 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 I, I told you that so, story, right? Yeah, I yeah. so I got here and uh, my friend lives out here. So he, he I was like texting him like on the flight like he was dealing with my venting of like being kicked in the back and you know like I have a brutal back. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's dealing like my back hurts so much and he's like don't worry I'm bringing you a shaker bottle full of rum. There you go. When I when I when when we get there I'm like oh this is got amazing. Shows up there's a shaker bottle and he's like, there's four shots in here and here's a Gatorade because you're probably dehydrated. And he lives like near Fremont Street, which Fremont Street's like the original Las Vegas. And then the strip is actually in a place called Paradise, Nevada. So like Las Vegas is actually Fremont Street by like the city limits. Mm-hmm. And so we go to Fremont and it's honestly, it's one of my favorite places in Vegas because it's just like such a vibe. Um, and you just see things like the people watching is the absolute best. But in my infinite wisdom, I decided that after not eating for 12 hours, that um, drinking six shots worth of alcohol in an hour was the appropriate decision to make. <laughs> Why so, would you do that? Like, like um, you're, you're so smart in every other aspect of life. Like, why would you do that? So I wanted, there's this donut store that's opening tomorrow here. And I didn't know it wasn't open like yesterday. And I was planning on having donuts for dinner because, LOL, Again, why not? a lovely decision. <laughs> and, and then when it was closed, I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to eat. And that was that. But like they, I don't know if it's just Vegas or if it's like in the US. Like we went to Walgreens because I had to pick up like liquids and stuff like that. Like the deodorant is in a locked cabinet yeah. and like the toothpaste. I'm like, why? And apparently it's because people steal it. Yeah, because people steal it. Like it's yeah, man, things are things are crazy down here. Like I I you couldn't pay me enough money to live in the States. I'm sorry. Like I, I love visiting here for work, you know, and everything, but it's just 
like I've Canada has, States. Yeah, it's uh, Canada has its host of problems, obviously. Oh god, you know, it's on but, fire right now. Exactly, it's literally on fire right now. But I just like I couldn't live here. Everything is just so. It's I also, went in it was the bar. Weird. I went in last night had metal detectors, and I was like, yeah. "That's jarring." You're either, police, like, you're either in a police state or like the wild west there's no in between like there's no <laughs> just like freedom you're either like anyone can shoot anyone at any time or like you know you need a metal you need a metal detector to go in to buy deodorant like it's it's one or the other it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy whereas like in in canada like i can just walk into a shopper's drug mart buy my deodorant, Pick up my deodorant. It's on, but it's yeah. on a shelf pay with a human or a self-checkout and then waltz out and not fear for my life at any moment um so that's the, nice. the most dangerous thing to happen in Toronto is like you're getting hit by some car that's not paying attention. Like that's yeah. the danger in downtown Toronto. But or getting, okay, like, so you're in Florida. The TTC. Or getting stabbed. Oh uh, yeah, well. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I'm in Florida. So you're in um, Florida. Carter Verhage. So yesterday I did a spaces with BetMGM yeah. and Jason Chen. And like we said, I said, Brandon Montour, like don't underestimate dad's strength. He's going to have a big game. Yeah. Like I'd bet on him, and then ba-bam. And then it was like, Eichel assist, bam. Florida OT win, bam. Like, shot blocking, all of that. <laughs> like, our, our social media guy texted me, like, this morning, and he goes, if anyone followed your bets, they're kind of rich this morning. <laughs> like, yeah. that was my best betting night in probably, like, two weeks. I would say so. Yeah, like, it's... <sighs> Here's the thing, is that I, I never mean to a Vegas Golden Knights game before i went for like the cup final so obviously they're gonna like you know be crazy but that was like the the best in arena presentation i think i've ever seen for a sports game like it was just it was remarkable the the place was buzzing like crazy before it would even like it was the place was buzzing like crazy before you know like 45 minutes before puck drop like when the doors opened like they would be it would like during warm-ups they would just kind of like go through the roster on the on the jumbotron and like fans would cheer for each name that came up you know like it was wow it was buzzing and florida was loud like don't get me wrong it got loud at moments but it, it reminded me a lot of like a leafs crowd even though they don't really have any reason to be like like as stressed out as like the leafs as leaf fans are <laughs> Because, like, it was super loud to start. And then the second something went wrong, it became, like, like dead quiet. Like, it was, Ooh. like, there was, there was a point, like, in the, in, like, the third period. Like, second, like, late second, early third, where it was, like, a 2-1 game. It was pretty convincing or whatever. Um, and, like, Florida was playing, like, garbage. Where, like, like, it was, it, it was, like, a regular season Tuesday night against Columbus in Toronto. Like, it was, it, it was dead quiet. And I just, like, it's just not the same. You know, it's just not the same. I feel like Vegas knows that they're competing with shows mm-hmm. and 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 things like that. And so they have to make it like it can't just be a hockey game, right? It's got to be an experience in the same way. That, like it's not like the Raiders where people are going because like they're insane. Like my dad's a massive Raiders fan. And like, I hope he doesn't hear this, but like I'm 100% going to bring him stuff for Father's Day from like mm-hmm. the Raiders stadium here. But he's like, like those people just like paint their faces and the Raiders don't have to worry about entertainment. Whereas I feel like the golden Knights have really taken that and kind of made it their own. And it's, it's nice because it's unique to their city. And I, I feel like more NHL teams should do things that maybe are unique to their city. Like Florida inviting Kodak black to the cup final would be hilarious. 
Yeah, but he like, wasn't there. Although they did have like a good. It's funny because they did have a good amount of like celebs in the building. Like Tua Tonga Vailoa was there. Um, like Charles Marino. Mar- Charles Barkley was there. Dan Marino was there. But they like and Dan Marino was the guy who hit like the the drum or whatever at the start of the game. But they like yeah. didn't. And I was funny. I was chatting with a, a guy um, from like because I was just sitting next to a guy from like Vegas's local CBS station. He was chill, super chill guy, like in the press box. And he was just like, why are, why are they waiting until like the third period to tell us these people are here? Like, why are they not getting people like hyped? You know, like in, in for example, yeah. like in Tampa, like last year, like they would, you know, Ric Flair was in the building. Hulk Hogan was in the building, like friggin' everyone. And like, they would show it right off the hop. They would be like, oh yeah, here's yeah. like Cheryl Crow. Like, you know, she's, she's ready to rock. And everyone would be like, Woo! like instead it's like the third period, the crowd is dead and it'd be like, Charles Barkley's here and go like, yay. And that's it. Like, you know. Yeah, like, so, I know whenever Bieber is at the Leafs game, like, it's the first television timeout. Exactly. Time. They do the blue carpet rollout or whatever. So it's, it, it, it was, it was a little underwhelming from, like, a, a, it was a little underwhelming from, like, a presentation standpoint, obviously, just because you're comparing it to, like, the best show on ice, like, yeah. you know, in the league. But, man, that, I will say the pop when that Carter Verhage winner went in was pretty, was, uh, was pretty nuts. Noted overtime goal scorer, Carter Verhage. Love that. I, I just like um, that it's a series now. And I heard that Bobrovsky was amazing last night. Um, obviously, Brandon Montour, dad strength. Let's go, baby. Um, and I think like you look at it and you say, now instead of looking at a sweep, maybe we are looking at six games, right? What does this do for Florida? Has Bobrovsky, like Florida still has that pumpkin orange tinge to them, mm-hmm. but are did the fairy godmother kind of give them a stay a little bit, right? Well, I think tomorrow will be very telling. Um, the power just went out in Mike's hotel, or a, he just got attacked by a ghost. Well, what just, just happened? It just turned back on, but I wonder what that did to the. It might. Am I? You're good. I'm good. Okay. Well, I'm cool. With okay, that. so Mike just got attacked by a ghost. That was very bad. Um, yeah okay continue continue rachel all right then we um, move forward yeah we move forward so mike's getting attacked by the ghost of the toronto maple leafs past mm-hmm. um but yeah i heard bobrovsky was amazing um he was very good the, yeah and obviously like verhage scoring making this a series and i think that's great um i mean i don't like that we're playing hockey in the middle of june like i think it should be done by the first week of june but I didn't want to sweep because I think that's like, that sucks. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy that uh, one, we're going to get to do staff and graph podcast live on location in Las Vegas. Yeah. Not sure who thought that was a good idea to allow us to do this, but thank you nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it's, obviously live pod will be a lot of fun, um, but like from the hockey standpoint, like it's, that was far and away, and, I'm, and I know that, that Vegas kind of dominated on the, you know, deserve to win a meter and all that kind of stuff, but it was far and away Vegas's worst performance of the series, and yet they still, like, push it over time, and if it wasn't for Bobrovsky, like, should have won that very convincingly. Yeah. Um, like, Vegas, it just, just from watching these games, like, Vegas is a, just a demonstrably better hockey team. Like, they just, they just are. Like, they are a better team than the Florida Panthers – depth wise everything like they're just better well i think the biggest difference is the 
like the depth on defense, right? Yes. When you're when the difference in that like the number six D is Zach Whitecloud versus Mark Stahl, that is a demonstrable difference. Like, I wrote about it after game, I believe after game one, where like Bruce Cassidy, him just basically saying, like, listen, on our blue line, like we have we we have six defensemen who we can like, throw out, who you can just roll. Like we can throw out yeah. in like any situation. Like they're that third that third pairing of like Zach Whitecloud and Nick Haig. Like if you want, if you wanted to, to swap them with like, you know, the, the Alec Martinez, uh, Shea Theodore pairing up top or Alec Martinez, uh, Braden McNabb, uh, um, pairing in the second, in the second pair, or even like Petrangelo and, and, uh, uh, Theodore. and Theodore, like they could make it work. Like they, they outscore their opponents 17 to seven after game two. I'm not sure what it's like in game uh, after game three, I haven't checked, but like they outscore their opponents 17 to seven at even strength when they're on the ice. They, they like they push play like they start they take the majority of the defensive zone draws like or defensive zone starts like they are Vegas Vegas is able to just like ride the ride those guys and in uh, on the other side in Florida like they really only have two pairs like they really right. only have uh like Ek, like the Ekblad pair and then the 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 Montour pair and that's it and then and when yeah. Montour went down and missed a good chunk of the game last night like you could tell they were scrambling it they, was a problem. Yeah, like this is Vegas is just so much better, and Aiden Hill was still phenomenal last night. Um, if if Vegas just kind of gets it together a little bit, like it's it's game over, man. Yeah, um, I, I I'm kind of with you on that one. Like I'm just happy that we're gonna get more than four games. Um, I mean, I still think it 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 could go six, but I wouldn't be surprised given how Vegas plays at home that it's probably like a five game series. Yeah, it wouldn't um, shock me either. Like it's yeah. it, Vegas isn't even skating today. Like they're just kind of resting up. Like it's they're they're Vegas has just this, just this quiet confidence to them. Like they yeah. what it shocks me. And it's funny. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast too. I don't know. So much life has happened since then. But like it is like I always compare just because of the media market that I'm in. Like I always compare whenever I uh, you know th- this year and last year when I go to a Cup final. Like okay, like could the Leafs play in this? <laughs> freaking way the Leafs can play in this like it is no way like, like Vegas Ve- Vegas's ability to shrug off like these mental obstacles that would be devastating to the Leafs and any other like weaker team is remarkable and like they 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 give up a goal with seven with uh you know with like less than two minutes left and the extra attacker and everything and they still end up playing their best hockey and drawing a penalty right at the end and pummeling Bobrovsky with shots like it like Bobrovsky was like the reason his team didn't lose last night um which is a good sign for Florida obviously because he was terrible in the first year. I didn't know that you could call a penalty in the last minute of a, of a period so here's the thing I <laughs> I um you know full well that I hate NHL referees like I loathe them with my very every being. fiber every fiber of my being I hate them I think that they are coddled I think that they are just whiny little babies with pensions who are you know who who get who fly business class who fly business class exactly and and who get unlimited leeway on everything and and never have to answer to any of the dumb decisions they ever make that being said i have zero issue with how the game was called last night you know what that seems to be the sentiment from Mm -hmm. quite a few people i've spoken to this morning like i saw people complaining on twitter like let them play and i'm like how about follow the rules yeah. But then like the people who I trust and are usually like pretty fair in their evaluation said that they thought that was probably the best officiated cup 
final game in in quite a while. Like it was, it was. all of the obvious stuff was called. Um, there was nothing like cuckoo bananas, and nobody was going over the line, making it about them. Linesmen weren't throwing guys out of face-off circles. Like mm-hmm. they a lot of people said like, yeah, that was like a really well officiated game. And that's great. Like we we rip on them. So like when they do a good job, they deserve their credit too. Um and shockingly, like you can call a penalty in the last minute of the game and like it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is that that last um that that last penalty towards the end of the game, like it was it was the weakest penalty like just objectively uh, 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 because he just tripped like he didn't get tripped uh, um, like like it just yeah. happened to be that, that he nicked Forsling's skate while he was trying to like it just it wasn't a tripping penalty or whatever but like what I what I did enjoy about that too is that the refs kept the lid on the game like like because yeah. this, these two teams for teams that barely ever see each other they freaking hate each other and the first two, chaos in game two chaos in game two there were like there were set I believe seven 10 minute misconducts handed out um <laughs> I, like it was total it was degenerate behavior. Matthew Chuck had 22 minutes in, in penalties in that one game, and he got and he's been ejected from both game one and game two. Um, and uh, so it and obviously he scored the tying goal. It just shows how important he almost got physically ejected from game three from yeah, that hit. My exactly. god, yeah, he got friggin' demolished, but like they kept the they kept the lid on the game, which is exactly what a referee should do. They're like the police force, right? Like they're supposed to keep the their subjects civil you know keep the peace keep the peace and that's exactly what they did and yeah like the the panthers crowd didn't like it because there was just a million penalties being called but also like the players like stop breaking the law like like (laughs) you mean tell me that the second most penalized team in the national hockey league this year was committing penalties in the stanley cup final i'm shocked yeah, that's all they were doing. Like it, it was it's funny because it is catching up with them now. The fact that they they got away with everything. The Panthers got away with everything with this, all these playoffs. And now it is they're finally getting called to something of a standard and they're losing their minds. Like it is Yeah. It it should have swayed the, the entire game last night because they just kept taking these dumb penalties. Aaron Eckblad, the most egregious one was Aaron Eckblad, I counted during the during this the series of play. You're in the air when this happened, but I counted. He committed six different cross-checking or holding penalties in a 30-second span. It was, a, it was a play where he followed. He was trying to follow a defender behind the net and get the puck from him. Or follow okay. a, a four-checker behind the net and get the puck from him. And he, he cross-checked or held the guy six different times. And he finally gets called for a hold. Not a cross-check. You know, where he's, like, where he's like battering a guy like that. Like a, like a, like a hold. Where he's just holding a guy back. And he's like beaking at the ref the whole way to the penalty box. He's losing his mind. He's like, Ooh, what's going on? And the and the the crowd is like, Ref, you suck. And like normally I love that. I love slandering referees. I think it's great. I don't I don't think they you know I But in this I, case I, But in this case, I was I was like, How dare Aaron Ekblad make me have to defend an NHL official? This is insane. But like, like you so, could go to jail for half the things that they do in the cup final. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so it just like it 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 just goes like the the Panthers have gotten here because they've been able to bully other teams and they won last night but they won by the skin of their teeth and what they've done is they used to set the physical tone and now they respond to it now they try and catch up to it and it's almost it's it's like a you know it's it's like a J.K. Simmons in a, in Whiplash you know it's not my tempo you know like they are not my tempo. 
they're 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 struggling to keep up with the fact that Vegas is just as physical as them, but they don't bite on every stupid little post whistle jab and little barb mm-hmm. and like they don't lose their minds on that. They just provide the stone face and that's that. So it's like that's just why I think Vegas is just so much better. Is that like they're just better they're they're not just a better hockey team, but they're they but they they have the perfect counter to what the Panthers have like built their whole identity on. Fair enough. Fair enough. enough. All right. Uh, yeah. friend of the sh- we, not every day that a friend of the show makes a uh, signs a deal to make six point two five million dollars a year. That's our boy. Years. Yeah, Damon Severson sign and trade. Um, the rare NHL sign and trade uh, signs an eight year six point two five million dollar extension and then gets traded to the uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, the only uh, downside of this is that uh, our friend of the show is going to have to deal with Mike Babcock for the next decade or so okay yeah. so that's the thing is like i obviously i know damon really well yeah um and i know what mike babcock's about that the only match i see there is that damon moves the puck really really well and babcock loves that but like he's not tough in front of the net or anything like that like he's more of the transition defenseman mm-hmm. um i'm happy damon got his bag like I think maybe being like a little bit more knowledgeable on some of the things like behind the scenes and everything. Like I'm I'm just really happy for him. I don't care if people think it's too much. I don't that this is like one of the ones where I'm like, you don't understand. Like, no, he deserves this. Like he he's put in his due. And I think we got to give some credit to Yarmo Kekalainen because now he's gone from a top four of like, that had Eric Goodbranson in it to a top four of Wierenski and David Yerichek. And then Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson. And I think Ivan Provorov isn't like, if he's playing in a top pair role, that's a disaster. But if he's in like a four role, that's a lot better to what his capabilities are suited to. And so I think Kekalainen's done a really good job of acquiring defensemen who move the puck well, who are like skate well and can be better suited to the roles that they're going to play. Yeah, I I think look, this is a they now the, the Blue Jackets blue line now has like eight NHL quality guys that they're able to run through. Like they just like obviously they they get Severson, which is huge. They have Wierenski coming back, um, so that's like a potential top. That's a potential top pair right there. But then they have they just got Ivan Provorov. Um, who's under contract for the next two years. And he's got some retained salary on that deal. They just signed, uh, uh, you know, Erica Branson last summer. Um, how much we, you know, how, how well he'll perform, you know, remains to be seen, but he's making $4 million for the next three seasons. They just signed Andrew Peake, who's 25 to a three-year extension. Um, they have Blankenberg. Tim Burney is, is 23. He's still there. Gavin Bay Ruther, you know, it's a UFA, but they, they seem to like him. Um, they have David Yurichek just waiting they have jake bean who will come back from from um yeah like i think columbus's top six next year probably looks like wierenski yurichek provorov severson and Bean either blankenberg or Bean uh good branson or they make a deal and this kind of brings me to like columbus has done a really good job who adam boquist oh my god they have Adam Bocas. Okay, yeah, there, there's a deal coming in Columbus. Mm-hmm. You have to think so, but like you just, yeah, you just confidently, you just confidently laid out a very good top six, 
And the fact that they have a 22-year-old former eighth overall pick defenseman who signed for the next two seasons at $2.6 million on their roster that they just acquired in a very sizable trade last year. Or yeah. a, year, a calendar year. And I just today. like totally and, forgot. And it was just, exactly. Like that's how deep their, their blue line is now. Something has to budge. Yeah, I think there's going to be deals, right? Whether it's like a, I obviously Wierenski's not going anywhere, but um, I think that maybe like Blankenberg or Bean or Boquist, like Boquist would be valuable. Like you think of like a team like Vancouver could use him, a team like Edmonton could use him, uh, Montreal. Like there's no shortage of um, players. And like maybe. Honestly, like if I was Philadelphia, maybe I would have taken a look at Adam Boquist in in the Provorov deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. And then you've got we haven't even gotten to the point where they have two really high end defensive prospects in Corson Kuhlman's and Denton Matechuk. Yeah. I think that if Columbus is clearly going to need somebody up front, like they they need to acquire probably a center. They need a goalie. They also need a goalie. Yes. I mm-hmm. think that given the depth of their blue line, you could have maybe it's Kulamins or Matejchuk, maybe it's Adam Boquist or Jake Bean, but I think that Columbus can afford to send out a player of caliber to get a player of caliber back in an area of need. And kudos to Kekalainen for, for kind of like stockpiling. Um, obviously, Columbus was like injury ridden this year, but he has, I think he's done a really good job so far. Um, Obviously, we're not the biggest fans of Ivan Provorov, but like I'm not the biggest fan of Ivan Provorov, like as a hockey player. I don't really remove everything else. He is probably fine in a fourth D position, but he cannot play top pair. Mm -hmm. And uh, he likely won't. Yeah, I think Columbus will be better this year, but they, I agree with you, they need a goalie. So Tristan Jari, um, Matt Murray, um, Thatcher Demko, maybe. Um, Who knows, man? There's a lot of there's a lot of swings. Like they, they were discussing, you know, like apparently there were like Carter Hart. Obviously, could be another one they circle back onto. And Adam Boquist the other way. Yeah, like they have a lot of prospects. Where even if they wanted to like take a huge swing for like UC Soros, like that his name has popped up in rumors. They like, could they do could, that. They could do it. So there's. It's good that look. I haven't agreed with everything that that Kekalainen has done, but the thing that he's realized is that like he's been on the job for basically ten years now, and they haven't really yeah. accomplished anything other than like sweeping, Tampa. you know, the, like Tampa in that first round like four years ago now. Um, so like his, I, I have a feeling he's starting to get that. Like I've been told even that he's starting to get that. Um, like there's there's some heat on his seat right now, and so he's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I think he's making these big moves because he wants this team to be good next year. You know, he he didn't go out and, and sign Johnny Goudreau and and uh, uh, you know give um, Patrick Liney almost nine million dollars a year yeah. um, for them to be picking third overall. And I don't and I think that that he wants them to be as far away from that as possible next year. So that's what he's going to do. And he's he's well on his way. Like, this, is, this is yeah. If they get Leo Carlson at third overall. Um, I think he's probably NHL ready next year. That's a six foot four, two way center. Um, like that probably solves a lot of problems. Obviously, you got to be patient. I still think mm-hmm. they need to make a trade for some depth up front. But that is like we we always talk about how GMs are super tentative and how it's like it sucks and whatever. Yarmulkekalainen's not that. 
And I, I like that he's at least taking calculated risks to make his team better. Like none of this seems willy nilly. This seems like it's well thought out. Yeah. And look, they, they have, they have quite the, the RFA conundrum next year. Um, <laughs> given that Texier, Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, Cole Sillinger, Emil Bemstrom, and Liam Foody are all RFAs next year. And yeah. on and on top of Tim Bernie being an RFA this year, then Nick Blankenberg being an RFA uh, next year. Um, they have a they, like and Jake Bean will be an RFA next year as well. They have a <laughs> lot to like they have a lot to deal with on that front and and only five million dollars in cap space this offseason to make it happen. But mm-hmm. like, th- like this is a very interesting, intriguing collection of players they have, and I'm wondering where these chess pieces fit because, man, like, like you said, like Adam Boquist just as a trade ship, like, could land you a piece that you really need, packaged with some other, pr- like, they have some great prospects like if, as well. If you're the Leafs, or you're, um, I'm trying to think of like a a, a good team that would be willing to part with so a not the Leafs. Pick. No, no, no. But like, I'm talking about like a playoff team, yeah. right? Like a rebuilding team is not doing that. Um, and Columbus maybe wants like another, like th- another first round pick. Yeah. Would you like, if you're the Leafs or St. Louis who has three first round picks, would you trade one of those picks for Adam Boquist for, I don't know, um, Jake Bean, I would trade for Boquist for sure. Yeah. Like, I think, I think there's something there. Um, Columbus is going to be a team for me that I'm definitely going to watch at the draft, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy at the end of the day. I'm really happy for Damon now. um, I don't know if I have to buy it or not, but I'll have a Columbus blue jackets Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, you're going to be getting a lot more Columbus blue jackets content on this podcast now. And when Damon gets home from, um, where he is right now. I'm not going to dox him. Um, we're probably going to have him on the show. So love pretty, Dustin, yeah, he's, great. he's a great dude and we're super happy for him. Exactly. All right. And then I guess finally, just real quick, Shane Doan has left uh, Arizona. Um, he's joined the Leafs as a special assistant uh, to GM Bradford living. They, you know, we're obviously together and developed a friendship when they were both in, in, uh, in Arizona with the coyotes, but you know, I just literally before we started recording, I came from his presser. He didn't really say too much of really instance, just or, or, or much of, of note, like just that, you know, he loves the Leafs, uh, you know, like the Leafs are premier organization, couldn't pass it up. And, he, you know, he just like it seemed like he wanted a challenge, like he wanted to, you know, increase his um, uh, uh, his responsibilities. And, well, the and, Craig Morgan reported. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, go through that because I thought that was quite interesting given that like all we know about Arizona ownership, this is very clearly the best player in franchise history. Like he's a legend and you just lost him when he's been an ambassador for your group because he wasn't as involved in hockey as he wanted to be. It's like a lateral move too. Like it's not like he – yeah, so it's not it's not like he he got like a huge promotion in this role. Like he was the director of of um like hockey develop like you know sort of like hockey development community development was like a special advisor uh you know and everything in 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 Arizona and it's more of a lateral move. He's just more involved in hockey ops. But like you know it's no secret. Don't want to be more involved in hockey ops. 
um, his experiences working for the league in Hockey Canada, you know, helped build that. He was, you know, he's being the GM of, of you know, Canadian teams yeah. uh, at the World Championship. He just won a gold there. Um, and then on top of that, too, is that uh, uh, it wasn't the, you know, like the, like the ownership uh, in, in Coyote, it, it, for the Coyotes, his role was more of like a ceremonial one, really. And he wanted to, um, you know, he wanted to Im- improve and he wanted to like move up the ladder. Like he wanted to, to be, you know, at the table for hockey ops decisions. Um, and it, for some reason, it didn't seem like um, Arizona wanted that to happen. It didn't seem like Bill Armstrong's staff wanted that to happen. And so in the midst of like losing, in the midst of losing uh, uh, their, like their arena bid deal, you know, their, their Twitter account is having a nervous breakdown basically. <laughs> and then, and then on top of that too, like, uh, uh, the best player in franchise history. The best player in franchise history just departs. Like he he leaves and he goes to a and team. I, I think you and I know that like even though it's a lateral move, what are the odds that the Toronto Maple Leafs are paying him more money than the Definitely. Arizona Coyotes? <laughs> Definitely. And on top of that, his son is a draft pick of the of the Coyotes. He's like his son is going to play for the Coyotes potentially even next year, depending like he was at ASU yet. Uh, I'm not sure if he's officially. I think he left because, yeah, I'm going to check this. He might have started playing with, I think he did actually. I think he started playing with Tucson. Yeah, he did. He he signed. Yeah. Yeah, So like his son is like a member of the organization and yet Doan is gone. And just like, it's a huge blow to a market that's just been getting kicked in the nuts for. Well, because Coyotes fans like hate obviously the owners and they probably don't like management, but the one guy who's seems to be able to galvanize them for a standing ovation to Shane Doan. And now you've pushed that guy out the door. Like if I'm an Arizona Coyotes fan, what do you have left? Yeah. I feel so bad for them because they're as like the Harvey Specter line. Like I showed you loyalty and like you just totally loyalty is a two way street and they're Mm. running the Coyotes fans off the road. Exactly. So it's like, it's a disaster. This is why the best move is for them to leave Arizona now and then try and come back with a different ownership group because they're clearly not getting it done. Um, But yeah, anyway, we have reached it. Rachel is going to go eat her, I guess, lunch at this point of champions, which is cookies and Gatorade. I'm going to continue working. And then next podcast that we do uh, will be in, uh, in Vegas together. It'll be a blast. Yeah, and I'm going to be doing um, content like while I'm in Vegas, um, whether it's like daily kind of like vlogs, like betting content. Um, I'm going to be working with BetMGM. So that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited for an on location podcast. Um, I guess we're going to have to figure out where and what we're doing it. And um, but yeah, I'm very excited. Um, and I'm going to attempt to not recreate the hangover before you get here that'd be terrific yeah well until then we will see you and uh yeah it'd be great